It is Tuesday, October 19th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, seated next to Marvell's newest superhero, Loggy Man, J.P. Shadrick. <laughs> Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll leave that as it is. My name's J.P. Shadrick. We have a program for you today. After Victory Monday, it's Victory Tuesday. It's Victory Week. It's Victory Two Weeks, actually. It's a bye week coming up. Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman joins us here in just a moment. We'll take a final look at the Jaguars' win over the Dolphins, 23-20. We will preview the bye week for the football team. Not for me, or maybe for me and Logs, too. Who knows? Uh, the Urban Meyer Show at 5 o'clock. Head coach Urban Meyer joins us on the Jaguars radio network today. Hope you'll uh, stick around for that and see what the head coach has to say. We'll get his final thoughts and see maybe what was going through his uh, mind on those field goals when they were in the air, the last two of them at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last Sunday. Jeff Lagerman with us now, Jaguars analyst. And it all just looks, feels, smells, is different after you win a football game. Well, I, I think from the standpoint of the team, you get joy. You know, you get to validate why, why you work so hard. And and uh, as Bill Parcells used to say on that, the great NFL films moment, he goes, that's why you lift all them damn weights and why you sweat and you do this and you do that. You know, it's a win because that's why you're paid to play is to win football games. And uh, very happy for this football team. It, uh, it helps give you a little bit of validation that your hard work is not all for nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and very proud of the way they got the victory because I thought that the game could have at any moment in the second half when you had some bad things happen to where you, you turn the ball over on downs and you don't kick a field goal. And, I mean, it would have been very easy for a team that's lost 20 in a row to kind of say, oh, here we go again, we're not going to be able to win. But they didn't do that. And I think the play of the young quarterback was exceptional. I think that's the story of the game, by far. There were so many close moments. The Jamal Agnew, did he touch it or not on the punt return? That could have really sealed the game. I think he touched it. What do you think? I thought at first glance that he touched it. How does the ring finger finger go backward on its own? That's an odd movement. I don't know. Uh, but th- that kind of thing. And then, like you said, the fourth and one going for it. Didn't get it. Didn't get the push and couldn't get the first down. They drive down and score. And then Jags rally back. They hit the strangest 54-yard field goal you'll see that twisted and turned and somehow found the bottom right corner. <laughs> it was guided, JP. Uh, it was, it was guided. It was something else. And then Yeah, it might have been something else guided. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll take it. And then the fourth and one stop. Uh, Josh Allen was there first to make the play, and then another field goal and the slider play. All that happened in the fourth, third, or a fourth s- quarter. A slider play that was really should be called the Pete Rose play because it really wasn't a slider. I mean, they didn't slide like you're supposed yeah, to. Right. I mean, really, I mean, at some point, I mean, the whole concept of the slider play is to give a, a, a minimum gain because you're not going to be able to gain a lot of yards. It's not like you're looking to gain 20. You're looking to gain a quick little chunk of yards, and then the receiver goes down. When I say goes down, feet first. Mm -hmm. That's the slide, like the old baseball feet first slide. Like a quarterback giving himself up. The reason why you want to go feet first 
is because it's giving yourself up. So now you can the team can use a timeout. When you go head first, that's the play you're still kind of alive. Yeah. And the Dolphins make a huge mistake, and we're watching it now on our monitor. You can see that the safety, Brandon Jones, touches LaVisca down. And Urban, who did a great job of communicating with the official on the sideline, saying, hey, look, once we get down, we want to timeout immediately. And you can see that the official that he's standing right next to, as soon as LaVisca's touch, you know, the hands are waving in the air to stop the game clock. And, uh, and I don't know how many times that I watched that play on film going 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. And, and it was. It was four seconds. It wasn't yeah. like it was right. They four. Got it, right. it might have been a little less than four. They got it perfect. I mean, he said – and Daryl Bevel spoke with the media today and, you know, said the parameters were really stretched on that play. It's, they normally don't need eight yards. They need about five or six. And they usually need about six seconds instead of five. And they were kind of – Hey, rolling the dice. But the worst that happens there, okay, maybe the clock runs out and you go to overtime, right? It's not like you're right. going to lose the game in that scenario. Um, right. Well, so, they were going to run the Hail Mary before that. That's right. And uh, then they had a conversation and said, well, hey, let's try the slider play. And and, uh, and, it, and it worked. I mean, and give give the Jaguars credit. The, the Dolphins were playing, and we're going to actually look at this in, in the uh, football lab on Jags Wired this week on okay. Wednesday night on Fox 30, this the way that they defensed it, they had two guys all the way back at the goal line, and then they had everybody else was underneath, but everybody was – they were playing man, which is kind of surprising. And then they had everybody playing outside leverage for their men. LaVisca, the guy, the safety that was in the middle, he was essentially just kind of a free player – and so, which is Jones, the guy that touched LaVisca down, he really didn't have any responsibility because you had a, a defensive back over on the outside of LaVisca. So they're playing for maybe a quick out route, which, you know, you could throw and then receiver goes out mm-hmm. because if it's if a player's tackled in the middle of the field or whatever, then it could end up delaying, you know, the, the possibility. So Brian Flores, I thought, played it smartly, thinking that they're going to go to the perimeter to, to get the clock stopped. And the Jaguars, I think, got very fortunate. Very fortunate that uh, Jones touches LaVisca because uh, a lot of things got to go right on that play. And, and credit to the quarterback, he got rid of the ball quick and uh, made it happen because a lot of quarterbacks would be like, eh, unsure. And he was just, I mean, bam, there it is. It sounded like they've done it a lot in practice over the weeks, just trying plays similar to that, situations like that. And it comes up in a game, and they finally got to go through with it. You know, the Everybody's excited for the win, and rightly so. Um, I, I think I'm most excited about it because you're not flirting with history anymore. The losing skit is over, 20 games. Uh, I know these guys have been working their tails off and all that. We, we'll hear from Coach Meyer coming up in just a little bit about all of that. But, you know, it was in the NFL, you're here to win football games. And when you do it almost at a record streak it's not good for any part of the organization certainly not the football a, re- a record side. streak to the to the opposite of what the objective is that's yes. right yeah. and that 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 puts everything in your whole organization um at risk that's a problem i mean you're because and, and it permeates through the entire uh, from the football side i think through the business ticketing side sponsorship all these people that are supporting the football side of things 
it's over now. I think that's the most important thing, and you can focus on the next week ahead, refresh a little bit. Okay, Jags have won a game. They're trying to get better. They have some things to work on, but mm-hmm. that's, the, the for me at least, the best feeling of all. Well, the streak is over, but the quest to be a consistent winner is not. That's I mean, true. That's, that's that, right. they, this team's got a long way to go before it gets to that. But I think the uh, I'm going to go back to this and say this again. In order to do that, you have to have a quarterback. And I think that that game right there was an exceptional game by a young quarterback. I'm talking exceptional. And I think there were many moments in that ball game that those around him weren't playing to his level. In other words, they need to play better for this team to be better. Numerous instances. How many drops did we have in the ball game? Oh, yeah, a few. Yeah. Okay, some of those drops uh, were just flat-out drops. There was also some balls that got batted down because the receivers aren't coming back to the ball. I mean, that's the one thing I think that young players, and you got to coach them up, young players in the league don't understand is that in college, quarterback throws the ball and it's on its way and and, then the receiver will just kind of sit there and wait. No, you can't do that in the NFL. you got to come back to the ball because they talk about how windows are so much smaller in the National Football League. They're smaller because the defensive backs and everybody's faster. So you have to be able to adjust, and I think the wide receivers need to do a a much better job of coming back to the ball. Dan Arnold had one, didn't come Mm -hmm. back to the ball. Mm -hmm. On a scramble by Trevor Lawrence out of the pocket. Well, Trevor was making, what do they call that? Making chicken soup out of... Chicken something else. Chicken salad out of you know what. Yeah, he was making something good out of the play, and Arnold sits down and he's waiting for the ball like 15, 18 yards, and he's just sitting there. Well, that gives the defensive back time to come back and react. I mean, you got to come back, and if you come back and get it, you got a great play. And and that's my point about how there's some people around Trevor that need to start elevating their level of play because he's making it possible for them to do so. It's a, it was a good start, though, to get that uh, victory. And, you know, we can go through it all kinds of ways, and we will over the next 50 minutes or so here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Um, let's continue on offense, though. And the run game continued to be a strong point for this Jags team. James Robinson put together a solid day of work. Most of his time carrying the football was in the second half of last week's game. He had a touchdown early, a one-yard score. There he is with that 4.3 average again. He's now sixth in the league in rushing yardage. And if you look at the, um, the, the first six, three of them are in the AFC South, by the way, the, the three of the uh, six rushing leaders. Um, but look at the, 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 the amount of carries that Derrick Henry has to lead the way in the NFL so far. He's got 162 carries. 783 yards, right? It's still a great average, 4.8. And what is uh, what is it, Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis? How many carries does Taylor's he have? Taylor's got 87 for 472. Okay. James Robinson's got 84 for 460. Henry's got <laughs> twice as many carries as these guys. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable what yeah, he's, he's doing. Different level, different offense, different things. JP, what but do you – when James gets the ball, he's still effective on average as much at least as – Henry. Well, first and foremost, uh, Derrick Henry is uh, otherworldly. I mean, that's the only way to describe it. I mean, some of the things yeah. that he's doing, I mean, he's doing it year in and year out, and, and he's basically carrying that Tennessee football team on his back. Yeah, he's, that's right. I mean, he is. He's yeah. carrying them on, a ba- on his back. 
and he got a new contract. But is he is he still underpaid? Oh yeah, make the argument. Yeah, he's under, still underpaid. James Robinson's definitely underpaid. I mean, he's still on an undrafted rookie deal, probably making somewhere around minimum. And uh, and as good as he is, uh, at some point he's going to make a lot more money because he's a really good back. And what I love about him is that he's just he's so smart. He's got great vision. He's efficient with his with his footwork. How many times did we see him? Because the Miami Dolphins were coming up now to stop him now. Sure. They, they were they were well, not, wouldn't you? they were aggressive. You I better. mean, really aggressive in their defense. Put a lot of guys in the line of scrimmage to stop him, also to try to pressure Trevor Lawrence. And James Robinson was able to power through a lot of guys that had him tackled for no gain or minus yardage. And I'm talking like carrying guys for a gain of three and a half when he should have been a most backs that were that are average in this league would have been tackled for a no gain or a, or a one yard gain, and he's gaining three and four yards. That's how good he is. So I love him. I, I think that uh, the more that that this offense continues to work with Trevor Lawrence and these receivers, and more efficient they get, the better they get at third down, because that's not a very good area for them right now. They were bad on Sunday. The better they get in that area, the more carries that James Robinson will see, and the ability of an offensive line to kind of take control of a game will be able to occur because you're keeping the chains moving and stacking some plays together. When we return, we'll flip it around to the defensive side, Logs, and get your take on what the Jags' defense had to offer Sunday. Well, they got a lot of work to do, J.P., but we've got a lot of show left. They got they got, they got a lot of work to do on that side of the ball, and I and I and I'm gonna be just give you a little snapshot here. Oh. They, I don't think all of it can be done this year. I mean, that's they're gonna have to fight and scratch and claw and claw, <laughs> cratch and yeah, claw. Is that a side I was thinking, order? I was thinking that? coleslaw. <laughs> you must have dinner on the mind. We'll take a time out and come back. Defensive talk, cratch and slaw. When we come back, it's Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. And by Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on this Tuesday afternoon. It's the bye week. Coming off a of Jaguars win. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody... Uh, wouldn't be a bad week for a concert, right, at Daly's Place. The schedule is starting to cool down a bit for the fall. These are the final three shows scheduled. October 23rd, Little Big Town is coming up in a few days. Kane Brown, two nights, November 12th and 13th. Tickets at dailysplace.com. Well, the weather's perfect for that kind of thing right oh, now. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh. I mean, yeah, it could be a touch cooler, but... Uh... I mean, it seems like I'm, I'm very happy to see that we're out of the the heat of summer. We have now approached fall weather. I think autumn is officially here, right? Didn't that yeah. happen just a week or two ago on the calendar? I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't know the exact date, I think but I think we are. I think it's here now. Yeah. Which is At least our version of it in Florida. Yeah, whatever that is. Yes. Yeah. This is what it is, basically. Victory Tuesday. Yeah, all day. Today. Makes the weather feel better. 
The weather's better. Everything's be ninety five degrees and the a, slaw tastes incredible. I mean, you got. I mean, it's incredible. Could be a ninety five degree day, one hundred percent humidity, and it would be it'd be filled really perfect. Yeah. What a perfect weather day. Uh, defense. Well, the uh, rush seemed to get closer to Tua. They didn't hit him, but only three times. They didn't sack him, but they affected him some. But there was just guys running wide open in the secondary, so he could get it out and have a lot of success. And he really wasn't that good. Tua wasn't. I mean, really. I mean, he wasn't that good, and they, they racked up 431 yards. I mean, think of what what that number could have been if Tua ends up making some throws, like the one that he's rolling out of the pocket to his left, and he can, he can gain 15 yards on, and move the sticks on a third down, mm. and he tries to throw it. To, I don't know who he's throwing it to. Do you? Nope. I still haven't figured it out. He had two guys, and the ball doesn't even land within like six yards of either guy. <laughs> After that game, I was like, man, I am glad that uh, that's not our quarterback. So, But they got a lot of work to do as a defense. I mean, they've got to uh, – and you know they're pretty good against the run, but this is a passing league now. Oh, yeah. And to have a chance, you have to stop the run. If you don't stop the run, then you definitely don't have a chance in a passing league because it, it makes – uh, the opponent to have the ability to be multidimensional. And it opens up play action, which is a big part of your chunk plays given up. But the Jaguars defense are they're giving up some chunk plays without play action. I mean, just totally tight ends. Well, the tight ends and, you know, when Ooh. you've had some mental errors in the past, communication, you know, you, you can call it communication, you can call it MEs, mental errors, whatever you want to call it. But the breakdowns, you try to clean them up as much as possible. And you're always going to have some mental errors in a game. You're just, you know, that there's always a goal or an objective to have a minimal amount. And each coach will have, like, the winning formula, points given up, mental errors allowed per game, yards rushing allowed per game. They have all these different categories to see if you can – or to give you an idea of what you need to do to have success. Mm-hmm. And right now the defense is just – I mean, they're doing an okay job against the run. Teams are able to put a total number of rushing yards up. That's probably not where you want to be just because of the number of plays they're able to put together because the third down percentage that they're converting at is higher and also the passing numbers uh, that an opponent is having is, is making it difficult on the Jaguars' defense. And the intermediate route with the tight ends was a problem in this game, and mm-hmm. people all say, well, you know, whose fault is that? And – it just depends on the coverage. I mean, when you're playing a zone coverage, which that's what the Jaguars are playing more of now than they are playing man, it could be a middle linebacker. It could be an outside linebacker. It could be a safety. It could be a corner. You just, I mean, it just depends on the coverage. And they were rolling a lot of guys in at linebacker. Miles Jack is out. And. Damian Wilson's out there. You know, Shaq Quarterman was out there. What, Dakota Allen's running around? Yeah, and you had one of one instance that uh, the one thing that Miami likes to run with two is a lot of that read option look where he sticks it in the in the belly of a running back and then pulls it out. And, and the whole reason teams love to run this RPO kind of look is because when the quarterback sticks the ball into the stomach of a running back's belly – the linebackers have to honor that. So they either have to stay put or come up. If they start forward, now all of a sudden you've got somebody leaking in behind him on a pass route, and that's where the quarterback is trying to throw it. So that's the right. whole reason 
for sticking the ball in the running back's stomach is to pull the linebackers up to give more space between the linebackers and the safeties or the linebackers and the corners or right. nickel or whoever is out And there. obviously if they don't come up or they stay back or move back, just hand it off and let the running back So, run. yeah, and that's yeah. you know it's, it's a, what do they say, a double-edged sword kind of. And that, uh, you know, the great linebackers, though, they they know it. They, they feel it. They read it based on what's happening with the big picture. They look at the offensive linemen. They look at the the, the quarterback. His action, some quarterbacks cannot look the same when they hand it off versus when they pull it out to pass. Basically tipping their pitches, if you will, like in well, baseball. That's, right. that's where you yeah. you got you know, to study. And what we call some some coaches, some teams, some quarterbacks have, what, just like baseball, a t- what do they call it, a tell. Mm-hmm. There's a tell. In other words, there's a, a clue mm-hmm. to give you an idea of what it's going to be or not going to be. So that, that's got to be cleaned up, though. But you know, right now, they have some issues to work on. The secondary, you know, you got some guys playing it, you know, you probably didn't envision having to play with it when the season started. Uh, no, because one of those guys is now in Carolina, and we can go through that all day. But, yeah, I mean, well, Evan Lawson wasn't on the team. He's only been on for a few weeks, but it was his first career interception. It's his eighth year, almost well, c- a journey. Congratulations to him on sure. the interception. Yeah. But that was a gift. Yeah. That was another moment where – Tua throws the ball and you go, what? What the world was that? What are you doing? What did Joe Collins say today? He, when he threw it, he's like, God, I hope we catch that. <laughs> Please catch it. <laughs> and he did. Which there was great. Dolphin fans on that play and then the play where Tua doesn't run it. Yeah. That were screaming some expletives I now. I would say. I guarantee you that. Josh Allen last week, two weeks ago now, had seven tackles, had a half sack, two quarterback hits, had a pass defense. This week in London, he had seven more tackles, a quarterback hit, a pass defense, but he was in on that big fourth down and one stop in the fourth quarter to set up the Jaguars' final drive to ultimately get the game-winning field goal. He cut inside, inside that, um, I guess that was the tight end that was blocking him, and got in there and made the first hit behind the line. Yeah, because you, you don't have the slider play, the London slider play, if you don't have Josh making a play on that on that fourth down and Smoot and and Damian Wilson. I mean, all those guys combined, but, I mean, you got to have a group effort, and it really started with the penetrator by Josh Allen into the backfield, and he beat the block of the uh, the tight end. I got his name here, yeah, Durham, uh, Durham Smythe. Smythe. Yep. And uh, excellent play by him. And I, th- I thought he played really well overall. I wish he would have gotten that sack on Miami's first drive, where he had Tua, and and, and that's you know you got to make that play if you're going to be a, a big time player. You make that play because that takes the Miami Dolphins out of that drive completely, and he wasn't able to make it. But I thought he was he was I thought Smoot played well, and I thought Josh Allen played well. And Smoot is, I think the one thing about that I always appreciate about Smoot is that he's so consistent mm-hmm. with his effort and his performance week in and week out. Is he a great player? No. Is he a good player? Yes. Plays hard? Yes. Every week. Gives you everything he got? Absolutely. He checks a lot of great boxes that you want to have. And you just got to find some other dogs. I mean, some guys that can, that can get after their quarterback. And right now, they don't have enough of them. Well, you know, next uh, two weeks from now, the Seattle Seahawks most likely will be without Russell Wilson. 
Then the Buffalo Bills come to town. So there's uh, this schedule coming up. They've got some offenses they're going to face that have some pieces, some weapons that uh, they better uh, step Thank goodness in, hang for- on, get some guys healthy, and get back at Miles Jack back, Tyson Campbell, get well, him out another week. This, this is – this is um, I'm going to say this, and I hope people don't get upset. I mean, this season is – is are you going to be able to fix all that this year? I mean, JP, I mean, even if you get all those things back, what you're talking about. Yeah, a couple guys nicked up, right. I mean, it, does it change it that much? I mean, look, you, you want everybody to continue to get better. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But this is a thing that it will take an offseason to address, whether you address it in free agency or you address it through the draft. It's going to take – this takes time. But this year, in, in my opinion, it's not about wins and losses. I mean, this season is about the quarterback and his development. So as much as I want to see this team win – at the end of the year, this is about how far did the quarterback go as far as his advancement in the national, you know, it, at this level in the league. Because as long as he continues on that trajectory, then this franchise is going to be totally fine for many years. And, and they can address everything else kind of as, as it kind of rolls along, but if you, if you don't have an answer to that first question, and that's the quarterback, you've got no chance. And right now, I can tell you that that game just, I don't want to say it's cemented, but it just gave you further evidence that this guy is the real deal and he is something special. I mean, something special. When we come back, we will get into the kickers. Well, kicker now, there's only one on the roster after today's transaction. The uh, official Jaguars podcast network is rolling along, of course. It's a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Give us that five-star rating as always. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Jaguars game day broadcasts are presented by Vice Star Credit Union. And welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. We'll get to the kicking game coming up. But just a few moments ago, Adam Schefter of ESPN putting out a tweet. This was, let's see, not even 10 minutes ago now. Uh, says this, file this under Dad of the Year nominee. Jaguars starting defensive lineman Dewan Smoot unexpectedly delivered his newborn daughter, Alani Moon Smoot, this morning at 4 a.m. at their home in Jacksonville. And then puts a, a photo with more details to it. Uh, they were heading out the door to the hospital. She fell to her knees and he had to catch his wife and then deliver the baby in his living room. <laughs> the paramedics talked him through what? tying the umbilical cord over the phone. <laughs> Uh, all three are doing well, mother, daughter, and Dewan, of course. Uh, he might have a heart attack, but other than that, he's doing fine. And uh, the, the full team was informed about all of it today during the meeting, but congratulations to Dewan, Smoot, and family. And, and way it, to go. Did it all at the house. And way to go, man. Yeah, he's coachable. <laughs> I like yeah, it. I'd say so. <laughs> How about that? What a day. What a bye week ahead. Two, for two, two weeks, uh, two players that have 
Newborns. Brand, newborns. That, you know. Um, Logan and Mary Cook had their baby last week. <laughs> that's an incredible story, though. That is cool, man. <laughs> Just talked him through it. <laughs> I, I, yes, Joe Fortunato has. Wait a minute. What about mom with no chemical enhancement? Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, hey, there you go. I mean, I mean that's, uh, yeah, can you imagine? Um, come on, let's go to the hospital. Oh, oh we ain't, we ain't down to one there. knee. Like, uh oh. Yep, better make a phone <laughs> call real quick. Uh, but congratulations to the Smoot family. Um, let's move along and, to. And on top of that, JP, yes. I mean, he just got back from London. Yeah, I know. How about the timing of that? Yeah. Whew. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad they flew quickly getting back home. Uh, kicking game. Matthew Wright, uh, this guy a month ago was a software engineer, and literally, I thought he was, literally, thought he was in high school still. Lockheed Martin, he was he got a job right after college. They gave him a job. They said, "Hey, we we want to, you know, see you still have your goal of being an NFL kicker, but you have a, basically a cubicle, for lack of a better term, here when you want it." So he's been working on and off. He kicked for the Steelers last year, and then. Was drafted in the XFL before that. Didn't work out, whatever. So uh, here he comes again. And all of a sudden, a month ago, he's working for Lockheed Martin. Now he's kicking field goals and not just field goals. I mean, bombs. 54 and 53 yards. I would say that's probably the edge of his range. Uh, Let's say it nicely that way. But they went in. They were spectacular kicks. And now Matthew Wright is the kicker. Josh Lambeau released today after a number of years with the team. Thank goodness the first kick in the game was a 40-yarder early. You yeah. know, just to kind of get get that first one out of the way. You're, you're not worrying about, okay, you know, can we make a kick this year? Because, uh, what is it, like the only team in the Super Bowl era to ever go that many games without having made a field goal kick or but something like that? Since it, I mean, even earlier than that, since 1962, I think. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, so it was good that early in the game on the first drive that you had a manageable 40-yard field goal to get the confidence up. And uh, But kudos to him because I we didn't think, you know, we're, in the broadcast, we're sitting there thinking that his range is 52 because the previous week he bounces one off the crossbar at 53. 53, that's right. So we're like, you know, 51, 54. 52, and then all of a sudden he's lining up for a – a 54 to tie it, and you're going, oh, no. Eh, I don't know about that. And then he hit it. It was like, oh, see, we were right. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's coming back left. It's good. Unbelievable. You know, they have the old bend it like Beckham thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. bend it like Matthew Wright. He bent that thing like nobody's <laughs> business. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, I don't know how many, I would love it. I, you know how they do these sports science things? How in the heck did that happen? Right. I would like to know literally the amount of feet outside the pipe or outside the hash because the pipe runs right at the outside of the hash. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be two yards outside the, the, upright. Oh, I think it's, I that's think it's six, at least that's that. six feet. I so. think it's at least that. Wow. But, I mean, you know how they do that? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. On ESPN and, and all that stuff. Somehow and, the way it was knuckling, it just kind of went back and curved left. And, and here's Had the other be. thing. I don't think there was wind in the stadium. And I'd love to know this. Maybe we can get Josh Scobie or somebody in here that could. That's just what we need, more Scobie. What's wrong with Scobie? Great. 
Great. Are you are you down on Scobie? I'm not down on Scobie at all. No, I'm kidding. I love Scobie. He's great. We've we've had a lot of Scobie. It's a good thing. Oh, well, the reason I'm, I would I'm kidding, like, of course, yes, doesn't sound like it's it. A joke. Sounds like you got a personal rub against no, Josh Scobie. No, let no. me call Josh. Now, and Osher find out what's going has on. a personal scrub against Scobie. I'll let him tell the story. I don't know. Uh, well, I guess we'll just have to find that story out later on. But I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't understand why you guys are down on Josh. Kobe. I'm not at all. He's a great. He's one of. The, he's one, he's the best kicker the Jaguars have ever had. Uh, well, you could say that Josh Lambeau was. No. Why not? Scobie was longer. Did it for a longer period of well, time. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But accuracy-wise? Oh, okay, sure. Right? But anyway, I would love to to talk to a kicker. Because, like, when you throw a baseball, the spin of the ball creates the movement. Mm-hmm. Right? Seams, yes. Oh, the seams and the spin. Yeah, the spin and the like seams you can, against if the you had, If you yes. had a ball, JP, that didn't have seams, it can still – you can still throw a curveball. Trust me. I throw a wicked curve with them little plastic balls that you have the plastic bats with. That's a wiffle ball and bat, and they have holes in them designed to curve. Well, no, yes. no, 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 no. The ones that I throw, they don't have the, the – it's not a wiffle ball. It's, okay. It's, 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 okay, okay. It's Physics, different. Okay? Physics 101 with I'm lots. just saying like is that this. how do you get a football that is oblong, and when you're kicking it, it's end over end, how do you get the spin to make that thing – because when, when it leaves his leg, it goes left, and then it goes right, outside, and then it comes back in. It literally went like that. How do you do that? How does that happen? Can we get Stephen Hawking on the phone or something? I have no idea who to call for this. I would like, love, what seriously, I would love to know the physics and how do you do that. No, he's, uh, yeah. Can we get Scobie on the phone? Field. I don't care if JP doesn't like him. I'd like to get Scobie on the phone. We, we might have to do that at some point. Let's come back, though, in a moment. We'll get to the Baptist Health injury report, which is, you know, we got some time to work on some guys this week, get them back, get them healthy. I'm not working on them. Well, we, as an organization, is what I mean. The sports, what is it called? Sports the, performance. The sports come on, performance. What are you talking about? Rejuvenation. I just, I just wanted stations. to make sure. It's, We're dry it's, There's a new term We're, now. What? Rejuve. <laughs> rejuve. I heard. I heard Urban use that. You know, we're gonna yeah. you know, get some guys in in the rejuve and yeah, and then get them going. I like that. That makes sense. This is a good week for that. I like it. So get it back. Eleven games left to go after this. You week. get a couple days at the spa to get ready to rock and roll for the rest of the year. I'm just, I'm just kidding about the spa. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on this Tuesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Joe Fortunato on the audio today, Brent Reber on the video side. Glad you're along with us. We're recapping the Jaguars' win over the Miami Dolphins 23-20, the final score. Well, in the last segment, we were talking kicking and the field goals from Matthew mm-hmm. Wright and the bending field goal 54-yarder, and how in the world could that happen? Well, you said, hey, maybe let's call Josh Scobie. Well, Josh Scobie was listening, and he called us. Josh Scobie is on the line with us now, one of the greats in Jaguars history. Good afternoon to you, Josh. What's up? 
fellas. How are you? Doing well. Thanks doing, for calling in. We doing, appreciate doing great. I appreciate you calling in. I mean, I, I you know, I was very surprised that JP said that he would rather you not call in. And I just said we've had a lot of Scobie over the years. Scobie, what what is going on between you and JP? What uh, why is he so down on you? I guess the uh, the one season that JP and I did the show together, that was a little bit too much Scobie for him. So I, I understand. It's a huh. full glass, a full huh. glass of yeah. scope. No, it's okay, man. We're we're glad to have you. Thank you for uh, coming on. So let's start with it. You're watching the game, I'm sure, right? You're you're up in the morning watching the game, and all of a sudden Matthew Wright comes in. A month ago, he's a, a software analyst. Now he's kicking game winners in London. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's impressive to come in. Uh, uh, you know, especially given the fact that he and Lambo were competing that week, and then hit. You know, three really good field goals, and especially the last two. Uh, I mean, it's impressive for someone that doesn't have very many kicks in the NFL under their resume. All right, so I, I got to know, like when you when you watch baseball, we were talking about this. I'm sure you heard it when you you know throw yeah. curveball yeah, and slider and sinker, and the, you know, you got the as JP said the seams to help the ball spin. When you kick a football, it's oblong. So there's really no spin. So why does the ball move left or right? How in the world did that ball leave his leg, go a little left, way out to the right, and then come back in inside the pipe? Yeah, I mean, typically whenever it does start out to the left like that and then go to the right and come back, it's because you've kind of mishit the ball a bit and typically – Whenever I did it, I, I was impacting the ball like more towards my heel. So if you catch it anywhere near your heel, it's going to put like a funky little spin on it. Uh, but yes, it is possible to curve the ball. And most right-footed kickers are going to have some type of right-to-left curve to it. And that I did notice that about uh, Matthew Wright. Uh, even the uh, 53-yard game winner had a, you know a little bit of curve to it, uh, maybe four or five feet or so, but that's pretty typical. Uh, most of the time you're going to get someone left-footed, they're going to be left to right, right-footed, it's right to left. So, I mean, it's, that wasn't surprising for me to see the last one, but the uh, the 54-yarder definitely had a lot more action on it than uh, than the 53. So is does it do that because where you make contact on the ball even though, ball, though the ball is spinning end over end, that the ball is also spinning on its axis? Correct. So if, if you mishit it, the ball is going to uh, redirect one direction, however you hit it. And you're, as a kicker, you're coming in from the inside because you're going in on a 45-degree angle. You're impacting the ball on the inside. So it has to have some type of curve to it unless you, your, your foot has opened up right when you impact the ball. And there's only a handful of kickers that I've ever seen that hit a dead straight ball every time, and that's pretty rare. Have you ever seen a kicker, right-footed, be able to curve the ball from left to right? Only one person in the history of me watching any kicker kick have I seen one person do that, and that's Justin Tucker. Really? Hmm. And it blew my mind the first time I saw it, so I kind of paid attention. And every time I've watched him on TV now, I'll see that it'll start out to the left a little bit and just kind of fade over to the right. And 
that means that he's probably impacting the ball more towards his heel uh, than you would towards your toe. That's outstanding stuff. Josh Scobie with us on the phone. Uh, live radio at its best today here on Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman, and the former Jaguars kicker. Speaking of fades and draws, um, I read the other day you, you had an albatross at Sawgrass. Is that accurate? I, I did. Uh, it was. What is that? I'm, I'm a, a non-golfer a, a now. Two, <laughs> a two on a par five. A two. Yeah, so uh, I made my second shot on the ninth hole there's uh, 244 yards out. It was in a charity golf tournament out there last Ooh. Monday. So that was the uh, first one of my golfing career. And yeah. it was uh, it was a pretty good time. And we only won by one shot. So apparently we needed that. <laughs> well, you'll take it. That's for sure. When was the last time you kicked a football, Josh? Uh, a few weeks ago I kicked with Lauren Brooks from 1010XL doing the show that she does. We we went out to her high school at Bishop Kinney, and I kicked two balls, and I was sore for two days after. (laughs) It's not like riding a bike then, apparently. Okay. Definitely not, no. No. Well, hey, thanks for the insight, man. It's great to yeah, talk to I've you. I've always wondered that about, yeah, you know, because you see cool. the action like like tennis players, you know, when they hit the ball and baseball pitchers. And by the way, yep. the wiffle ball that I'm talking about, have you have you guys never seen this thing? It's called blitz ball. No. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. See, jo- Josh knows. Thank you, yep. Josh. I appreciate that because well, JP my doesn't know anything. I play baseball, so I get it. You've never played blitz ball. I've played wiffle ball. You could throw some junk with the with, with the blitz ball now. That's great, Logs. Thank you for that. We uh, we appreciate it, Josh. <laughs> great to talk to you, man. And uh, thanks for the time today and the insight. All right, guys. Take care, Josh Scobie. Out of here, calling us. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That the only kicker he's ever seen that can kick it right-footed and actually have kind it go from left it. to right yeah, is Justin Tucker. Right. That's pretty good. I never thought about. The, the fade or the draw, whatever you want to call it. And I, I never, I've never thought to look to see if a right-footed kicker yeah. could fade it. I mean, that's pretty specialized. Now, I mean, you got to, depending on the conditions and all that going on with it, too. So there's, there's a lot to go I can see there. right now that we need to get so, – so, so think about what he just said. He mishit it a little bit. Yeah. That's why it double-corrected back. Yeah. And he still got it 54 yards. I got it 55 to get it over 54. Well, that's I think crazy. when – a mishit, I think, could probably be a lot of different uh, yeah, things. Yeah. You know, did you hit it maybe too much into the middle of the ball, different part of your foot? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably a lot of different ways you mishit it. Joe Fortunato, hello. I, I really should have asked Josh this, but is the phrase double eagle gone? Does nobody use that anymore? I think it's there, but the albatross is kind of the new term for that. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. cool. That's pretty what good. What hole did he that say that was? On nine, on okay. the ninth hole. Cool. That means he's playing way too much golf. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. So what happens when you retire, yeah, you know? That's a good thing. That's what, he, that's what he does. Great to have uh, Josh Scobie. We need to get a blitz ball today. little tournament with with all of us one day. <laughs> you know what? That's a great idea. So, and it's a good week for it, bye week. Yeah. But it is deer season, so you might be yeah, out. that's true. Uh, veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Let's get now to the Baptist Health Injury Report. Changing health care for good and take a look And just some of the names Urban Meyer talked about earlier this week. Ben Barch with a concussion, Tyson Campbell with a toe issue, Miles Jack with a back injury. He expects those three to be back and available next week when practice begins. He said that on Monday. There are officially six players on injured reserve right now for the Jaguars. Of course, DJ Chark 
with a fractured leg. Uh, deep uh, Brandon Linder with a knee and ankle issue. AJ Can with a knee issue. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy still on there. Travis Etienne, of course, and Terry Godwin. But um, you know, we'll see what what happens with the first three of that list. Chark, Linder, Can, especially over the weeks ahead. Chark uh, might be a little bit uh, Linder. You just don't know. So uh, there you have it. That's the Baptist Health Injury Report. Changing healthcare for good. Yeah, it'd be nice to get. Uh, you know, I, I will say, look, the, I think this team has been pretty fortunate overall. I mean, the, if you look at the the guys that are on that injury report, what's the if you could have one guy back? Look, can we put that list back up yeah, again? Yeah. If you could have one guy back out of all of that list on the injured reserve stuff on the injured reserve, okay. Who I would, would take who either, would you take back? I would take either I mean honestly, I'd take either Chark or ETN. Playmaker, speed guy. I I would take who would you take? I, I mean you wouldn't take Linder? Well, you got Shatley, he played well. Okay. I mean But I know, mean it's an interesting question. Right? But I mean as far as explosive playmakers, I'm taking ETN. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Off of that. I mean well, I look I, I, Yeah, that's what I was saying. We haven't seen ETN, but that was the idea. He was going to be that that guy. It, it, for me, I mean, it, the the top three guys I think would be Lender, Chark, and Etienne. And you sit there and you go to give a young quarterback easy completions mm-hmm. and an, a, a guy that literally can be a home run threat every time he touches a ball. Travis Etienne would be one of those guys. And then you say, well, you know what? To make the young quarterback comfortable, I want to have my veteran center. And then you say, okay, well, I want to see a vertical element to this offense because we haven't seen a lot of that. Maybe it would be DJ Chart. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would probably take ETN. Let's take a look at the AFC South standings, as you might expect. Well, the Tennessee has kind of pulled away. They got a big win last night, of course. They are ahead of Indianapolis. Ten- Tennessee now 4-2. and two. Indy 2-4. Two and four. Houston 1-5. and five. Jaguars 1-5. Houston has the tiebreaker with the win over the Jaguars back in week number one, the results of week six in the AFC South. Of course, we know the Jaguars got their first victory and snapped a 20-game losing skid with a win over the Miami Dolphins. The Colts blasted the Texans 31-3. Jonathan Taylor had a big day, 145 yards. A lot of that on a big run. Two touchdown carries in the game. And then Darius Leonard <laughs> was very active on the defensive side. The linebacker, seven tackles, a quarterback hit, an interception, and a forced fumble. That's a good day at the office. And then He's last, a really good football player, He by is the way. a very good player at linebacker there at Indy. And then last night, a fantastic football game. The Titans and the Bills. Tennessee wins it 34-31. The Bills try to sneak it on fourth down, but Josh Allen slipped and fell down short. And the game was over. Derrick Henry did not slip much in the game. 143 yards, including a 76-yard touchdown and two other scores in the game for Henry. The league's leading rusher, so the Titans are in command of the South. Derrick Henry's awesome. I mean, literally, uh, you know, when they say when uh, Ter- Terrell Owens had that statement years ago, he said, "Get your popcorn ready." Okay, yeah. I mean, that's that's a guy that's worth the price of admission to watch. And uh, there's not many running backs in the league that I would say that about. I mean, really, I wouldn't. But I I, I think he is absolutely worth the cost of a ticket to watch him. That's how good he is. You know, it's it's a quarterback league now, and I and I get that. I mean, if it, here's a guy that's carrying a team on his back in a yeah. in a quarterback league. If they keep winning games, he's got to be in the MVP conversation. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, 
I mean, absolutely. He is the, what he's doing and the numbers he's putting up. If if he ends up surpassing, which he's well on his way to doing, if he stays healthy and he and he surpasses two thousand yards rushing, he will be the only player in NFL history to surpass two thousand yards rushing in back to back seasons. Think about that for a minute. I mean, with some of the greatness that we've seen in the NFL's history with Walter Payton and 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 Emmitt and Dickerson. I mean, all these greats and here's a guy that's just in a in a game that has changed to be more passing oriented he's ripping it it's just it's impressive to watch and i and i hear here's the other thing everything we've heard about derrick henry and first of all he's you know from just up the road we've heard and we we always talk to different people you know we talk to the folks in tennessee and different people in tennessee and different people that work with the organization, and they have said nothing but great things about them. And that's a that's a real that's a real positive. And and you hear the same kind of things about James Robinson as far as the quality of person that he is. And you got to have that quality to have a chance at being being a great running back or a great player. Period. Right. So it's just, and I'm not trying to draw a comparison between James Robinson and Derrick Henry. I mean, this is this is I think in two different stratospheres. Derrick is in his own in his own world. Yeah, he could score from anywhere on the field at any he time. He could probably and run hit, through four guys. He could probably it. even hit my curved blitz ball. I don't know if he can do that. Who can oh, do yeah. that? Well, let's get serious. Yeah, I, I mean, know you who's could. really going to do that? I I don't even You I'm, couldn't touch it. <laughs> and I got a, I got a bad shoulder. One day, oh, yeah, now the excuses start to come out. That's ah. just fine. Uh, we're going to be back in just a minute on the Jaguars radio network. Head coach Urban Meyer joins us on the Urban Meyer show. We'll get his thoughts about uh, last Sunday's game. Uh, the Jaguars first win. They hadn't won in a long, long time. And it was Urban Meyer's first win as an NFL head coach. We'll get his thoughts on the field goals, uh, his thoughts when the balls were in the air for Matthew Wright and uh, weaving and ducking and diving and all that that happened, all the close calls and everything in that game in London in last week's game and looking ahead to the bye week as well we'll talk a lot of offense trevor lawrence's development what the defense has done and could do better in parts and what the bye week has in store the jaguars are in the building today and expected to be in tomorrow as well that's all coming up the urban meyer show is next our thanks to josh scobie joe fortunato brent reber for jeff Logaman. i'm jp shadrick this is jaguars happy hour on the jaguars hard rock sportsbook digital network